Hey everybody, this is Ben, and you are listening to Pseudophiles, where Torrance, Sydney, and I discuss conspiracies, mysteries, and the paranormal. This week we are talking about simulation theory, so take that red pill and hop down the rabbit hole with us on this existential edition of Pseudophiles. I know only myself, my experiences. How do I know you are real? How do I know anything is real? It's simulated reality. It's pseudophiles. I am okay, person. Y- you guys have both seen uh, The Matrix, right? No. Yes. You haven't, Wait, you haven't seen any of you're them? You're full of shit. You've seen The Matrix. You really? Are you being serious right no, now? No. <laughs> okay, that's what I I've seen The Matrix like, like 500 I'm going to have to ask you to leave I just but have you and seen go the whole educate s- yourself. <laughs> have you seen the whole series, though? Yeah, I have. So I've seen all. I've, I've seen them and I've seen The Animatrix, too. The, well, that's what, that's what I was Matrix. going to get to is, have you seen The Animatrix? Yeah. The Animatrix makes the entire Matrix series make <laughs> so much more sense. It does. If you've ever actually seen it. Like the uprising of the robots and all that, yeah. No, the Animatrix does something that uh, explains the rest of the Matrix series very well. Uh, well, it's it's a series of like, was it six short stories or six short films? However mm-hmm. you want to describe it. Uh, mm-hmm. With different directors and animators, it explains the the Matrix series in such mm-hmm. a way. Like it explains it in a way that in 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 the Matrix, mm-hmm. the robots are the bad guys, right? <laughs> but if you watch the Animatrix, you realize actually humans were pretty shitty. Like, of course, they mistreated they, the robots. They deserve to be in that. Actually, like. What the robots did for the humans there, where they put them in a real-life simulation, mm-hmm. is such a better outcome for humans than anything they ever could have That's w- true. wanted. Like, the robots were so much... They were way more human than the humans were. They wanted the humans to have, like, a good life. Like, they mm-hmm. gave them this, like, simulated... Uh, but, I mean, it was motivated by self-interest because they needed the humans to stay alive to power themselves. Well, they did, but they didn't have to do what they did. Like, they could have had... Because what they... Humans are basically batteries for That's them, true. Right? They could have just shut out their minds and just put them into tubes. Yeah, and... they could just shut them off and, like, yeah, put them in these incubator uh, tubes or whatever. But they didn't. They, yeah. they went through... They went, they went through the trouble of giving them this, like, very elaborate real world simulation for them to have like this dream sequence where they could be very fulfilled, mm-hmm. which is insane. Like there is no reason for them to do that, especially with the way that the humans treated them. Yeah. So why did they do that? I guess it's a, some form of compassion. Even, even robots have compassion. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like they're more human than the humans are. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess Matrix is, for, for what we're talking about, this is going to be the jumping off point. Okay. It's, of course, so, the jumping off point. Right, and so today we're talking about simulation theory, and that's why The Matrix ties in so well to this. And I don't really know if there's any other movies that really reflect better than The Matrix what simulation theory would be like, even though I don't think Matrix even truly identifies with the theory, because in simulation theory, it's not just that we're entities plugged into a machine we could also be digital constructs within the machine with the conscience well there's also total recall you guys oh that's true yeah total yes. recall yeah which is one of my favorite movies and they uh they redid that in like i don't know 2012 or something with colin farrell and kate beckinsale the originals uh-huh. were of course arnold schwarzenegger and uh oh uh, why am i blanking on her name sharon stone mm-hmm. um who is a real life badass um but, like, I, of course I love the original, um, but there was one thing that I thought was cool about the, the remake, which is where uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just kind of like a funny gag mm-hmm. where uh, Kate Beckinsale plays his wife. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she flips out on him in their apartment and she suddenly has an English accent. 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's and she Kate Beckinsale is of course English in real life, but she was playing American for the first part of the movie. And then all of a sudden, when she flips out and shows her real self, she has an English accent, and it's hilarious. Because like, what the <laughs> fuck are English? <laughs> and she's like beating the shit out of him. Um, but that's another do. good like a uh, uh, simulated reality movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a really good one. There's, uh, I mean, uh, we're, I mean, we're now in the era that we we have virtual reality, right? And we're slowly starting to get augmented reality, and it's like if you think about. And this is one of the things Elon Musk said, was that if you think about the trajectory of technological growth in the last 40 years, like 40 years ago, we had Pong, which is basically a pixel bouncing between two paddles that are a few pixels larger. And now we have virtual reality four years later. Like if you think of that same trajectory in like 100 years from now, who's to say that it's not possible to create an entirely simulated universe? With this exponential growth that we're experiencing as far as technology is concerned, just in the past like 50, 40 years, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the whole argument. The basis of the argument of simulated reality is like that it's more likely than not that we are a simulation. Yeah. And in Elon Musk's words, it's one in a billionth that we're not in a simulation. Like that's <laughs> what he even goes to say. That's well, okay. Yeah. Let's back up a second. Okay. Yeah. This is something that you and I were talking about earlier uh-huh. today. Where <laughs> yeah. I was like, what authority does Elon Musk have to True. say something like that? Because, yeah, he is on the forefront of right. cutting-edge technology, but he's not like... He's not a genius. He's an idea man. I will give you that. And he's, he's a great businessman. He's a businessman. Mm-hmm. Like, so like, like he's he, not an idiot, though. idea doesn't really carry that much weight, does True. it? Well, I mean, I think because he's so much in the public eye and because he's achieved so much in his lifetime... Um, even if it's by... That seems like a really embarrassing tweet. Like, I guess what I'm saying, he has no authority to say any of that. And for well, people to think that he does have authority yeah. is kind of silly. I mean, I kinda, I'm kind of on board there like for part of that because I think like he's not... He doesn't have as much of authority as we probably give him because, I mean, he he's definitely like the guy that has all these ideas that he's achieving and over time, like he's created all these, like through other people create all these great things, but maybe not. But I think he's not stupid by like, okay. So everything we've talked about so far, I think this is the one that I almost have a hard time classifying as pseudoscience just because it's so possible. Well, here's the other thing. Like I have to say, like of everything that we've talked about, this is the one that, yeah, like you're saying, this is the one that seems the most plausible. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, guys, I'm going to go with Flat Earth there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cause can I, you not see it? There's like, not a lot to disprove it. it yeah. You know, it also, burner proof. Proof. Uh, burner it, proof? Burden. <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> burden of proof. Burden. Burn of proof. Burn of proof. Oh, my God. <laughs> you did it again. <laughs> burden of proof. You did it. Uh, I'm proud of you. It depends on, uh, you know... Whoever is uh, making the argument mm-hmm. uh, that we're in a simulation mm-hmm. or whatever, like that's that's on them to prove that. Well, that's not on other people to disprove that because right. they're the one coming in with the weird theory. So mm-hmm. the burden of proof is mm-hmm. on them. No, I agree with that. Sure, I mean for anything, that's it's the burden of proof. But I mean for this theory, like I've heard the arguments. Um, I've watched many videos and read a lot of articles about this, researching for this topic and just getting more and more interested. This is such a, this is probably one of the most fun things I've researched so far. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but I think like if you look and at the world as it is and the way that everything seems to interact in harmony, like down to such a molecular level, it's hard to imagine that there wasn't some kind of intelligent design, whether you believe in a God, whether yeah. you believe that this is all a simulation, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to fathom that everything is coincidence. And then referencing back to the parallel theory, parallel universe theory, then you could argue, well, if there's an infinite amount of possibilities, then we're just living in the one that's just in most harmony, you know, but yeah, well, I've, uh, I've always thought that about like, uh, you know, speaking of religion for a second, like mm-hmm. that, that I could, regardless of what, religious background that I have or may not have. Um, I've never considered atheism uh, because of that particular thing. It's like everything is just too 
uh, perfectly in synced mm-hmm. in sync. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like we're just far enough away from the sun. Mm-hmm. Everything like the the planetary alignment works like perfectly. You yeah. know, and every it's just like the fact that we're alive and that we're sentient. Yeah, it's just the fact that we're making a podcast right now. Yeah, discussing this idea. Is yeah, insane. to me, to me, the that just the idea of atheism. Um, it, it's just not. I, I've never been able to to grasp that. Right. Just that there's nothing so the, 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 more the, intelligent yeah, than us that, that this could have was created just totally this. accidental. I just cannot buy yeah. into that. Yeah, it is hard to believe. I mean, the only explanation for that would be, like I said, the the parallel universe theory. But yeah. I mean, even then, like there's you're making a lot of other assumptions as to how that even got started. Exactly. So yeah, I I think I agree with you almost 100 percent that it's it's super it's hard to believe that if this is just too much all a coincidence. I mean, and some of these things I read about like they relate like if you look at a, a digital image, the smallest thing of a digital image is a pixel, correct? You can't get any mm-hmm. smaller than that. That's the most observable one when you're looking at that. That's right. the smallest you can see. So there's arguments that like light is made of photons, correct? And electricity is electrons. That's the smallest form. So those are basically the like the pixels that make up our universe that can be computized. Like that's the smallest form. And like and is then it a quark? Like, I think they they're smaller than a quark. Is strings is strings smaller than a quark? I have not heard of that one. Last I heard it was a quark. I think maybe a quark like is the saying, smallest. I like saying quark. I, I don't think know. Quark was this. Well, I'm. T- but basically, I was there's about a. To say I'm talking about ass, but. But basically, there's a minimum unit. Like there's bytes when you're yeah. thinking about computing. And like, I don't know anything about is, that. That was just the last time that I had heard that, like, yeah. that they had found something smaller than a than a proton or a moment. Right, and so let's say a quark is the smallest. Like that is the, like the pixel that represents everything. And if everything's composed of these things, then it's not hard to stretch that if we can simulate a universe almost simulate an entire world today was to say that that it already not... hasn't happened exactly like a simulation within a simulation like how deep can it go maybe we're even in the billionth simulation that's been created so i guess the argument is if intelligent design like if there are intelligent beings before us then there's a possibility that they could have created that already and that we're just living within that and maybe there was one before them and before them and before them. Well, before that comes them. in, that goes into uh, what's called nested simulations. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the idea is that even if we are a simulated reality, there's no way to be sure uh, that the people that created us or the beings that created us are not themselves a simulation right. oh. of a simulation yeah. inside of a simulation. It's like that Rick and Morty episode. Yeah. Like, you are in a simulation of a simulation inside <laughs> another giant simulation. <laughs> yeah. uh, you yeah. know, so that's yeah, the yeah. that's called nested simulations. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's fascinating. Like, so even if we are simulated, there's no way to be sure that the yeah. people that created us are not themselves simulations as well. Exactly. And that's, and so there's mind just blowing. so many layers to this uh, yeah. to this theory. Yeah. Have you guys thought like does this idea like we started researching this like a couple of days ago? Mm. Does this affect, does this in any way affect how you uh, think about life? I don't think so because I think even if we are living in a simulation, say 100 percent without a doubt, we know we're living in a simulation. Life's still the same. Like there, it doesn't make a difference. Like you know. Whether or not we are a digital construct created by some greater being or not, life is still how it is, and we still experience it the same way. Regardless, I agree with that. It's very real to us what's happening exactly. right now and what happens in everyday life, and, and the love that we feel, and, mm-hmm. and you know whatever other emotions we experience or pain we experience. It's very, mm-hmm. very real. Well, then, but that also did make me mm-hmm. think of a theoretical for the end of this. Yeah, and I'm going to keep that in my back okay. pocket. And to label it doesn't make its reality any different. That's yeah, how I feel yeah. about it. To say that, like, mm-hmm. to say that, like, you know, you don't know or, you know, whatever. Like, does mm-hmm. that, does it any in any way change, like, how you uh, experience life? Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to go through life uh, you're with the view that what you're experiencing is maybe manufactured mm-hmm. or, you know, like a product of something else, like... Can that actually affect what your how you experience life? I don't like I said. I, th- I mean, I think I have the same answer. I don't think it does. Um, I mean, it leads me to a lot of questions, and I think more than anything, whether how I experience life doesn't change, but the questions I ask change. Like, if it is a simulation, then 
why do we die? Why doesn't the world get bigger as we more people come into it? Why do you know? There's like all these other questions, like how? Why is it designed this way? Is it is the question that comes to it my can, mind? Yeah, it can definitely easily uh, bust into existentialism and yeah. religion. Maybe we're we're all bringing some sort of like because this is a really big subject. It really is. It is huge. Yeah, and we all have our own personal beliefs, which are going to taint. I don't want to say taint. Like it, it's going to color how we're going to approach this sort mm-hmm. of idea. Whenever it comes to us being alive, talking right now in the studio mm-hmm. is like microscopic when it comes to chances. Like the idea that life could germinate, you know, exist mm-hmm. for billions of years, create humans, create a household create mm-hmm. three human beings that are right now here discussing their own humanity mm-hmm. is pretty microscopic. It's pretty dang small. Sure. Uh, so, like, that that all seems, like, insane to me. Like, it seems insane that we're the one, like, when you look at the cosmos, like, we're the one people, like, the one, the one planet, I guess, that could actually produce life that we know of not just life but just mm-hmm. like thinking life life that's thinking enough to question its own existence yeah is insane it is insane and to also think that we're on the verge now of creating technology that's could potentially do the same thing itself yeah right yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like we're so advanced and it's kind of mind-blowing mm-hmm and to think that we're the only ones, uh, that's why I have a hard time with thinking that everything's random chance. Like, yeah, we're, we're clearly like, you know, we have personalities, we have souls, we have yeah. like whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're here talking about this thing on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so we're like to bring it all back. Uh, simulation theory like mm-hmm. that actually makes more sense the the idea that there's nothing else around us that has any sort of intelligence or person or personality we're the only ones it kind of makes sense that we're the only ones if you think about the idea that we're the only that's that we're in some sort of simulation. Well, you can also, um, I mean, there are plenty of arguments both, uh, for that. Like, that's an interesting thought is like, yeah, why haven't we found other intelligent life? Like we've found planets that, Mm -hmm. that are capable of supporting intelligent life. I mean, that was, uh, or at least life, not necessarily intelligent life, but you know, planets that are capable of any life, any sort of life. Um, and it's like, well, why haven't we found that then, you know? And so like that you can look at that from, you know, I think that's an interesting thing that Torrance brought up is like, you know, that's like, maybe we are a simulation. Like maybe they just didn't, maybe our creators are just, uh, experimenting with this one planet inside of the simulation and no one just saw me Mm -hmm. do, uh, air quotes quotes, there, (laughs) but I did. Yeah. Um, and uh, go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. I, what, what I was thinking is that even if we are in a simulation, there is a possibility that there are other intelligent life forms. Oh, definitely. And our universe is so enormous. Right. That I mean, the fact that we haven't found other intelligent life is really not that surprising. I mean, if you think of the vastness of the universe. Yeah, because like, we've only ventured so far into our own mm-hmm. solar system. And I mean, even, even our nearest neighbors take us light years to get to. Yeah, you know? it's yeah. true, but... There's, I was trying to Google this real quick, um, but I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. If I, if I, if there's anybody out there that can Google this, there's a thing that like mathematically, mm-hmm. if if uh, just mathematically the equation for life, like you're mm-hmm. talking about, like you need like a Goldilocks planet, you need mm-hmm. like water, you need mm-hmm. every, you need a lot of the perfect conditions. You need yeah. all the perfect conditions to make life. However, mathematically, we probably should have seen other alien life at this point. Uh, huh. I'd have to look into that some more. 
Yeah, that's what I was trying to look up. There, there mm-hmm. is, there's a theory about that. Well, yeah. There's also a religious theory. What's that? You can look at it as like, uh, you know, God created heavens and the earth, uh, the earth being specifically our planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he had this uh, uh, duel with the devil, if you will, and the devil brought down humans to his level, and uh, mm-hmm. and it caused pain and suffering, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the idea is that, you know, you could look at it this way. This is entirely, this isn't necessarily biblical, but it's an idea to, like, it's a an idea uh, to explain, like, maybe why there isn't, we haven't found other intelligent life. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you could look at it as, like, yeah, like, Satan misled the human race, and this was God's first intelligent creation. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that it was God's first intelligent creation, and then they stumbled... Mm-hmm. And it created this uh, animosity between the devil and God, mm-hmm. um, and basically a uh, a war between them. Yeah. So God, like you know, this is just purely like I said, this isn't really like it's never said anywhere. Mm-hmm. But maybe uh, God didn't create other uh, life forms on other planets after us or other humans mm-hmm. anywhere because. He's waiting for the question of his eternal sovereignty to be mm-hmm. answered yeah. by us. Mm-hmm. So that's a religious point. Like, that's a religious aspect, like a, a different way of mm-hmm. looking at it. Yeah. And Torrance did bring up religion, so I kind of wanted to throw that out okay. there. Cool. Yeah. I don't necessarily buy into any of what we're talking about. I don't, I don't really think we're a simulation. I'm mm-hmm. also not super religious right now, but mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, for anyone who who might be a Christian that's listening, like you mm-hmm. know, maybe that's like an explanation as to why we haven't run into alien life. Sure, sure. I think that's an interesting thought. Um, yeah, let's take a quick break, then we'll get back. But okay, so what I was gonna think, what I was gonna say, I already thought it, so I'm gonna, just gonna say it now. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna think. I was gonna think, and then, but no, I've mind. already I've already thought it. Um, so. Sydney doesn't, you don't necessarily believe that simulation theory, like we're in a simulation. I think it's a really interesting concept, and I mm-hmm. think that it's the most plausible of all the ones mm-hmm. we've talked about. Like we said earlier, I think it's mm-hmm. the most plausible. But fundamentally, you don't want to believe it. Yeah. Okay. And Torrance, you're about the same way, I assume. Yes. Okay. So let's think of it this way. So let's reverse it. Instead of thinking we're in a simulation, how. Now flip it and reverse it. <laughs> how possible do you think it is? For us to create our own simulated universe of conscious beings that can interact. Wait, that can interact? Yeah, like our own simulated... How possible do you think it is to create our own simulated verse? See, this is why I have an issue with it, is because, yeah, while it's it's a fascinating concept... And it's the most plausible in my head Mm -hmm. of all the, you know, the conspiracy theories, etc. that we have talked about. I don't think it's possible um, outside of obviously someone having sex and giving birth to a being. To create a soul. I don't think it's possible to create a soul. I don't think it's possible to put actual consciousness, uh, just sentience inside like i don't think it's possible for humans to ever do that regardless of how advanced our technology becomes okay then let me ask you this question how possible do you think it is to simulate consciousness we already almost have it with ai we're we're traipsing into this like idea of solipsism well kind of kind of which is like we can only believe in ourselves that exists yeah we're the only one like like as far as I'm concerned, I'm the only I'm the only one here like recording this podcast. Like you guys are here, but you guys mm-hmm. are a figment of my imagination. Uh, yeah. As far as I know, right. I'm as... the only one. That, as far as I can actually determine, mm-hmm. if we're talking about existentialism or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm the only one that knows that this is happening. Like right. This this I can only like. Uh, rely on my own experiences, right? Because right. you, you're aware of your own feelings and your own perceptions, but you don't know necessarily. You're not in Sydney's body, so you don't know if she is legitimately a human with a soul. Exactly. Okay. Right. Yeah. As far as I know, uh, Sydney Ben, you're just two figments of my imagination. Which mm-hmm. <laughs> that's actually kind of scary because sometimes I think about that. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I think like. 
maybe maybe I am the only mm-hmm. real person, and mm-hmm. maybe you guys are just mm-hmm. okay. So weird. I just had a crazy thought. Okay, say so, so we know right now we have virtual realities becoming a thing. We have the Oculus Rift, we have the Vive, we have like the PlayStation VR and all that stuff. So imagine that somebody created a way to make a VR that you couldn't feel on your head. Like it was just, you could experience it, but you couldn't feel it. Now let's say right. you go, um, like you go levels deep into this thing. So like, you remember when you play the accounting game, like you kept putting on VR helmets and VR helmets. Now let's mm-hmm. say that we eventually reached a point to where impossible to determine the virtual reality from reality. Like that's how realistic that we've gotten to at that point. So say like you kept going layers deep, like you put on a virtual reality helmet within a virtual reality helmet within a virtual reality. You kept going deep and deep until you forgot how far you are. When you finally take them all off, do you, will you believe that you're out of the virtual reality? Oh, that's an interesting thought. Or will you think that this is, you don't know what's real anymore? I think it would depend on how long you spent in. Let's say you were in there for years. Let's say, let's say 10 years just to make the, the hypothetical like make you really think about it we're getting like almost like truman show like kind uh, of kind of well i mean it's almost like inception too yeah yeah if you took off if you stripped away all the layers but i'm what my question is is when do you stop believing in reality like at what point even if you've taken off every helmet Will you think that kind of like in Inception, where the wife can no longer distinguish the dreams from reality? Would you ever reach a point to where you would just like kill yourself because you this this world is not real? I think I might have a a a grasp still. Um, I mean, I think it would be like it would depend on what was simulated. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, are we simulating my friends and my let's family? Say, like, or am I just in this batshit crazy let's say, world? Let's say each simulation is exact. So, like, you put on your glasses right now and you see me and Torrance in this podcast table. Then you put on another one within the simulation. You okay. see me and Torrance at this podcast yeah, table. Yeah, at that point, I think that it, especially if uh, if the if the graphics and the visuals were indistinguishable from mm-hmm. actual reality, mm-hmm. I think that that would confuse the hell out of anyone. Yeah. Well, one thing that I want to say is, like, what does it matter? Like... Because if it is real, if it's real to you, mm-hmm. then, you know, what does it matter? Right. I mean, that's, no, an, that's an easy cop-out answer to me, though. It does but, matter, though. It it should. It should it matter. It does matter. I mean, would yeah. you... I mean, f- fundamentally, it does. I mean, mm-hmm. like, if you... If I'm sitting here talking to you guys and it turns out you were a simulation all along, mm-hmm. like, you weren't real and I was the mm-hmm. only one that was real, like you were talking about earlier, Torrance, mm-hmm. um, that would... I would probably want to kill myself if everyone and everything I ever know. Right, because then you would think, well, compassion is bullshit, first off. Yeah, like, like what are morals? Like, why do I feel yeah. this way? Why do I give a fuck about anything? Exactly, because if everybody else is experiencing... Because I need other people to feel pain. I need other people to... And that t- that sounds terrible, but like no, I need yeah, other yeah. people to experience these you emotions. You need somebody else that can relate to you. I need empathy. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I need yeah. empathy, and yeah. everybody else needs empathy, too. And I so I feel like if someone, if anyone, if any human found out that that everything around them they'd ever known. Mm-hmm. You know, if I found out like my mom wasn't real, if I found out that you guys hadn't been real, I would just, mm-hmm. that would, I think that would fuck me up to the point of suicide, honestly. Yeah. I think it, for most people, they would re- eventually reach the point of either giving up and shutting down or suicide. I, I mean, it's just like, if you were like, especially if you've known what reality originally was to you and that all of a sudden you, uh, you want to be back where you once were. I think they, interestingly, in The Matrix, they dodged that existential question with mm-hmm. Neo, who was, I feel like, was very uh, isolated socially. He was named John John Anderson, right? Yeah, Mr. Anderson. I feel like he was very... And Neo is like an anagram of one, the one. The one. I feel <laughs> like he was... But I feel like in his, in his uh, simulated reality... Uh, I feel like yeah, the creators of who who created them, who was that the Wachowski? Oh yeah, yeah. I feel the like the Wachowski sisters. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they made him very boring and mm-hmm. vanilla in that reality, so they could. Well, also so For they character could, development. Too. Well, also so they could. I feel like it was a good contrast to the fact that mm-hmm. he was this badass in the real world. Right. Also, I did air quotes there again, and no one saw it. I saw it. Um. <laughs> But he was this badass in the real world, and that contrasted really well with his very just average Joe, boring mm. 
personality and everything and his name. But mm-hmm. also, I feel like it was a clever way to avoid making a four-hour movie and the first two mm-hmm. hours of it being him yeah. just breaking down in tears yeah. and a right. blubbering mess, like learning about the fact that his whole no, life is a sham. No basically. one he ever knew was real and nothing he ever mm-hmm. experienced was real. Mm-hmm. Can we talk for a second about... I think Keanu Reeves gets shit on a whole lot. <laughs> of course he does. He is actually a really good actor. I loved it. I, I in like the him. Matrix, he was great, especially considering if you think the roles he played previously, like in Wayne's... Not Wayne's World. Uh, um, Ted Bill and, and Ted. Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, yeah. Like, he yeah, wasn't a yeah. serious actor before that. Yeah. And then he broke into this role, and he really did well, I thought. Yeah, I feel like he got typecast yeah. as as wooden and... and but, well, but that was Neo. That, that was the that character. That was his thing. He was mm-hmm. supposed to be, like... The, yeah, you're right. Like, he's like this everyman. Like, yeah. he's supposed to be somebody that you can relate to or whatever. Yeah, that so, was his like, character. So yeah, he, got, exactly. he got typecast, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, but... Um, well, well, fuck, have you totally seen have e- have either of you guys seen John Wick? Uh, I have, but I, I don't not. remember anything about it. I watched John Wick, uh, and John Wick Two is out now. I listened to a Nerdist interview with Keanu Reeves, and really? it was uh, it was I think it was right before John Wick Two premiered. Oh, I read, I saw that too. I listened to that one. Oh yeah, yeah. that was. But I, I was like, man, like. Keanu Reeves is like a pretty chill, He's pretty down to earth, cool dude. Like, yeah. and that was what Chris Hardwick just had such a nerd boner over him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm getting interviewed Keanu Reeves, and like, mm-hmm. it was it was a really cool interview. Yeah. I mean, have you? I mean, you you can find this uh, information. Oh my god, sorry. <laughs> Torrance can't talk today. No, uh, fleas are jumping on me. Fleas. Yeah, Something fleas. Is jumping on me on my legs. Oh shit. Okay. Hopefully, we don't have fleas already. That's. I mean, it's about that time, I guess. I'll get Freddie treated. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, we'll take care of. Well, sorry, sorry, you know. I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, I, I'll go Monday and get oh him God. a shot, probably. Oh my God. But we should probably all do that at the same time. Yep, I agree. Um, get your cats treated since you got paid. Yes, I'll get Hero treated. Uh, well, sorry. Look, let's. Can you put on pants before we continue? No, some silence, and then. The uh, sound of silence. Sorry. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. Silence. I've come to talk. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, oh shit! Already. No, I forgot what I was going to say. We're Keanu talking Reeves. about John Wick. Keanu Reeves. Uh, yeah, Keanu Reeves. I, I mean, there. I'm getting off topic with him, but there is a lot to say about how great of an actor Keanu Reeves is a fantastic actor. Have have any of you guys seen like the uh YouTube videos of him like doing gun training? Huh. It's mind blowing. Like uh I'll have to look that up. There, that sounds yeah, pretty sweet. No, you should. Like they're just YouTube uh Keanu Reeves guns. Mm-hmm. You'll see him like He's just pictures of his whole... biceps. Oh, oh my god, his <laughs> biceps! It's all these videos of him, like just going through this gun training course, where he's mm-hmm. like he's blasting all these targets so fast. Like he's he is John Wick. Mm-hmm. Like he is so so. so Would you so say he talented. is John Wickety Whack? Oh my god, Wickety Whack! <laughs> can we have like some sort of like? <laughs> housemate vote where we kill somebody <laughs> you love my puns torn so don't lie to yourself <laughs> would you say he was john wiggity wiggity <laughs> all right with even without that like uh <laughs> what we were saying before he is he was typecast like he is a a super like Everyone says that Sigh. he's... Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't even get through a thought without you, Rand. Okay. <laughs> he's a very supposedly wooden character, but he's just been mm-hmm. hired as a wooden character. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When they remade um, The Day the Earth Stood Still, um, which is a terrible remake. Right. Uh, the original is a, a really good movie. Uh, but he was... I mean, obviously he was typecast. I mean, that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the original, it's weird to me that they went this route with it. Because in the original, the day the Earth stood still, the alien, who was human, 
well, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he was just a, a dude. But the alien was like very, uh, he was very charming. He went into some person's home. But then the Keanu Reeves version, it was this very modernized, like anti-hero type, like very quiet and mm-hmm. wooden. And of course they wanted Keanu Reeves for that right. part. So it worked well. I thought the movie was terrible, but what for what they were wanting to do, Keanu well, Reeves right. worked. I just remember what I was going to say. Like he, uh, he does. <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys know anything about him. He he does not live in a house. He still lives in, a, in an apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he lives pretty modestly, and from what I heard. Yeah, he lives very modestly. He must he have still a ton take, of money. He still takes the train. A lot of the stuff, a lot of the money that he gets, he puts he puts towards either the cast and crew or a charity. He's like mm-hmm. one of these, like such an altruistic person. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's really easy to shit on him for being like a, a shitty act, a shitty action hero or whatever. Mm-hmm. But one, he's really good as, his, as job. Like he's, he's great as like this foil of like, this is like your every man or whatever, like mm-hmm. in an action movie. And two, like, he puts all of his money into charity. So anytime I see, like, a think piece about, like, oh, Keanu Reeves, like, he doesn't know how to act. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. one, you can't act. And two, he's a great guy. Like, yeah. what are you getting out of this? Right. <laughs> By shitting all over Keanu Reeves, this really awesome person. Yes. I, you, I mean, one, he's also undeniable i mean like look look at his movies like his movies are great yeah they're he's been in some great movies for you sure got speed which okay that's a terrible movie <laughs> <laughs> the matrix but it did a lot bill and Ted's. It, it made a lot of money so was, so did bill and ted so did the matrix mm-hmm. so did uh uh john wick yeah john wick was uh, he he's movies. a money maker he's a blockbuster so we were talking about Inception earlier, and uh, that, as far as uh, the idea of simulated reality is concerned, uh, that kind of leads into uh, what's called the dream argument. And uh, it's the idea that since people don't realize that they're dreaming, usually uh, they don't realize that they're dreaming when they are dreaming, uh, but when they do re- realize that it's called lucid dreaming, of course. Mm. Um but the fact that we don't realize it uh, has uh, kind of leads into the fact that, or, or the idea that someone or all of us could be dreaming constantly, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it it's uh, it leads to uh, the just the very nature of your reality of your waking so called waking reality being questioned, yeah, um, constantly. And I thought it was really interesting this whole dream argument thing. Um, and it, yeah, let me get down on my notes here. Please cut this out. It's all staying. Um, but there was a guy, there was a French philosopher from the 17th century named Descartes, mm-hmm. uh, D-E-S-C-A-R-T-E, I right. think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but he was the guy that said, that had the famous quote, I think, therefore I am. Right. Um, and he had, what well, he had an, a philosophy that I think was called radical doubt. Um, which was just uh, doubting literally every experience that you have at yeah. all times, because how far can you trust yourself? Right. But his his thing was um, that. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Oh, I found him. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Seriously, cut that out. You're fine. Um. So. Uh, one of the like one of the conclusions that was drawn from that for him was that if we are thinking we exist, we cannot doubt that we doubt if we doubt. Well, yeah. so if we are doubting something, we mm-hmm. know we exist. Right, right, right. But that is literally the fact mm-hmm. that we exist because we are thinking is the only thing that we can be absolutely exactly. and this, sure. This of. leads really into well into something that uh, like. We like I think most people studying college and in other areas as well. But uh, Plato's allegory of the cave. Have you guys heard of that? I've not. I have. So basically, the concept is that if a man was chained in a cave and the whole his whole life and all he could see was a wall, and there was a fire behind him and a walkway before that fire, so everything that walked along that walkway, the shadow was cast onto the wall that he only saw. 
And so to say that his only conception of life was everything in that shadow. And so when he saw people that we know that people were walking across this fire, he just, all he knew was the shadow on the wall. He wasn't, he wasn't aware of himself sitting there. He wasn't aware of anybody around him. All he knew was the shadow on that wall. And so therefore it existed to him. Therefore it was a tangible thing. It was this two dimensional thing on the wall. So basically the concept how this relates back to simulation theory is that how do we know that we're not seeing only what we were intended to see? Mm. Like, how do we know that everything around us wasn't just created for like we can cognitively understand and there's more to it that we, that are behind the scenes behind that, the that we can't see. Yeah. Well, that kind of made me think of, and this is maybe a, definitely a little off topic, but it was an interesting thought that I had like, and I've mm-hmm. always wondered this. How did Helen Keller fucking learn anything ever? Oh my god! <laughs> it's like you're blind. And was you can't she not see. just a man in a cave? Blind can't see deaf, and blind, and no, dumb. no. You're yeah. you're so right. She was deaf, blind, and dumb. So but she, she couldn't like... hear. She couldn't see. She yeah. could. She could tangibly feel things. Right. Right. You know. Um. But. But. How did she? I mean, she was a poet. Mm-hmm. How, I mean, she, like, she, she was kind of like she was kind of dragged out of it, like kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, was somebody like? No, you, no, I've you seen. Feel, yeah, I I've know seen that like know. A, a special or whatever. Sure, like sure. I know, mm-hmm. but I mean, I you know I've I've seen like how it kind but of. But like, happened, how do you even get? to How that do point? you manage yeah. to come out of that as that someone is, who's in to that make position? that like leap of logic to be able to go from mm-hmm. I don't understand anything to get to that? Or it's like that movie Nell that Jodie Foster was in, where she grew up this like uh w- like person who just lived in the woods, like mm-hmm. a like a monkey or something. And she had her own mm-hmm. language that she spoke, and they had to like decipher it. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's an in, that's an interesting. Yeah, idea. how do those? How, you're right. Like, how do they get to that? How did Helen Keller like break that barrier? It to, makes no <laughs> sense to me. It's insane. Yeah. No, I mean she did mm-hmm. obviously. I mean, I can barely stumble through my day to day life, and I have right. all of my senses. Right. I mean, I've, I guess if you're thinking of ex- existentialism, how did she? like even able to function. Yeah. yeah. Well, like the uh, man, yeah, yeah. man in the cave, like you said, if that's right. all you've ever known and that yeah. had to have been all she'd ever known. Yeah. Exactly. That she was basically just seeing oh, God. a black okay. wall and like, so, she wasn't even aware that she was so, seeing like, wh- you know, what mm-hmm. we're saying is that like, okay, this is, uh, this is so insane. She had to make such a leap of logic mm-hmm. when we're talking about like, cause if we're talking about existentialism, all she knew was what she could experience. Okay. And she had somebody like spelling on her hand, you know, like mm-hmm. somebody was what who what was the name of the the worker that helped her that like you know, the one that helped her like learn what I don't word rem- for water. Water like, Helen. Water yeah. She I'm, spelled it in her remember. hand. She like she in her hand she like spelled it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she did, and that's and that's where it clicked for her. But we have to give Helen Keller so much credit. Oh yeah, to go from a world where nothing made sense, like like I mean, can you imagine that world where mm-hmm. no no light, mm-hmm. no sound? Well, I guess if you think of it, and in just turn. sense, just like right. feeling sense. I mean, if you think of it in terms of just logic connections, like she. If you go back to Descartes, like, I think, therefore, I am. So she knows that her she herself existed. Sure. And then she has physical interaction with other people who but she knows exists. She thinks, what was she thinking? Exactly. That's what right. I want to know. Yeah, okay. exactly. Right. I mean, yeah, like, you know, what, that's what it, that's the fundamentally, that's what it goes back down to down mm-hmm. to for me is, you know, I'm sure that she was aware of something because like I, you know, like we have established, she could feel things mm-hmm. physically, right, right. but what was her brain telling her? Sure. Because she couldn't see or hear what was physically happening to her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what it comes back down to for me is like, like how did that even begin to connect in her head? Yeah. Anything. I'm sure it was a, a much longer struggle than anybody of, else. Oh, of course. I mean, like, of course it's amazing it that she was a, I, I think that she was like a one in a million like chance of being able to actually understand something. And mm-hmm. there's no reason for somebody to be able to understand that. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's such a great, like I said, a crazy leap of logic. Yeah. And why I'm saying like for us, like, <laughs> okay, I don't want to, 
it'd be really stupid for me to like draw parallels between Helen Keller and speaking to us. Yeah. And you know, like some new reality or something. But the mm. idea that like we that we don't know like we uh we're living in some sort of like manufactured reality for us to like make the leap it's yeah. almost some some sort of like Helen Keller leap like do you know what I mean like that is a gigantic step like I can't believe that she was able to do that she was able to do that in a way that was right I'm not saying that we would be right and like so you're relating this... like her making the step of like deciphering reality or to understanding the the potential of a simulation exactly okay. yes yeah yeah exactly and and one you have to in my what I'm talking about you have to one believe that a simulated reality is true yeah which which w- I mean I don't even think even you need know. to know if that is true to understand the concept I mean it's it's so uh easy to I mean even in that case explain then in my we, opinion then we then we know it way better than she did mm-hmm. like, I think okay go ahead I was just gonna say like it's an easier leap of logic for us to go from our reality to some like to think that we're in some sort of simulated reality that's mm-hmm. an easier leap than Helen Keller Going from a world of darkness and deafness. Yeah, that's always to... that's always since I was a little kid and I watched whatever movie I watched, special mm-hmm. or whatever, on her. That's always been super fascinating. It's always to me. called yeah. like the miracle worker, isn't oh, that probably. what they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's because uh... <laughs> the the focus is on the the woman that like helped her rather than the woman that was able to make that leap like yeah let's give helen keller some credit well, yeah, I, no think, joke. I think she does get credit i mean um yeah but i think it's uh interesting like the idea like you know this could like lock, like kind of link into the helen keller thing like she could feel physical pain she could feel mm-hmm. anything tangible and uh like back to the to the dream argument kind of cuz i feel like um if i were helen keller like maybe that would feel like you were constantly in a state of in a dreamlike state until someone like that woman, you know, pulled you out of it kind of mm-hmm. and gave you something to to connect mm-hmm. those neurons or the, connect those synapses in your brain, like right. spelling out water with water on your hand. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this is connecting for me. This is something right. Right. like this is what this is. Um, uh, Descartes, uh, his, uh, that French philosopher who had the dream argument, um, his his argument or his idea was like, you know, perhaps we're always dreaming or how can we ever differentiate? And then this guy, uh, well, these two guys like John Locke and Thomas Hobbes, uh, they tried to refute his claims or his account of the dream argument uh, by saying, uh, one of the guys said that you can't experience pain in dreams. And I read that and I remembered reading it. And before I went on reading it, I thought to myself, like, that's not true because I've experienced actual pain while dreaming pain that has actually woke mm-hmm. me up sure wait from, really yes pain that has woke me up from dream state and i oh, was wow. like maybe i imagined it maybe it was just in like mm-hmm. but then it went on like after i had that thought it went on to say uh that there have been various studies that were conducted that uh and pain does can occur in dreams and it's very sharp and isolated Mm-hmm. But it can occur in dreams. And I've, I've, yeah, I've actually been woken up by pain. I've had like dreams that I was being stabbed in the stomach and I wake up with a pain in my stomach that's very sharp and it sure. immediately goes away. But I have felt very localized sharp pain in dreams. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting uh, as yeah. far as the idea of simulated reality is concerned. So mm-hmm. is that... because you do feel like sometimes it is rare, but you can feel actual pain in your so called dreams. Mm hmm. So that kind of can so what's lead to say in, we're not in a dream, right? Yeah, now. that can kind of lead into the argument like you can feel what's happening to you in your dream. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it can sure. lead into the simulated reality, like oh, mm-hmm. that's actually somewhat because it connects the physical to the the visual. The visual. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. That yeah. is really interesting. Yeah, I had never heard that. Which, I mean, okay. So Sydney, you said that you've had like 
pain than dreams. Ben, yeah. do, do you think, have you ever experienced that? I mean, I, I feel like every time, I can't say that I do. And also, like, I don't dream often, I guess. Is what I, I don't have dreams well, very often. Psychopath. These were scientific studies. Like, you can experience pain. Sure. This wasn't a philosophical thing. This was studies that were conducted. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But personally, I, I haven't, I, I think I've woken up before I've actually experienced pain. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. If we're going to, like, consider all of pop culture. Uh-huh. What simulated, and you can, like, TV show, movie, whatever, or video game even, what simulated reality would you want to live in? Is that our hypothetical? Or, Sydney, what was your hypothetical? We can I do both, one. but. Um, I can do it after we, we do this one. Okay. Um, what do you we mean? We can do two. What do you mean simulated reality? Like, just universe? Like, like what like, universe would we like, like to live in? Like, you're plugged into something that, that's not mm-hmm. your real world. Okay, uh, and you get to live it for a while? Yeah. Um, is it consequence free? Like morally, free. morally, yeah, physically? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, all right. You you changed my circumstances. All right. Let's say, let's say, video game, movie, or TV show. What do you want to live in? What reality do you want to live in? Okay. Definitely limitless. Come on, man. Let's take a pill. It'd or you be take awesome a pill and it makes you really smart. <laughs> and you're Bradley Cooper. <laughs> exactly. I want to be Bradley Cooper and Limitless nice. and be able to do everything. I mean, eh, I guess fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty. That's like a scapegoat. Like, I want to be the most attractive man and the smartest man. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I win. <laughs> I fair enough. Uh, do you have one, Cindy? Yeah, I think so. Um, Do you have a more interesting one than Ben did? Yeah. Well, (laughs) we all know that I love Fallout and the idea of being a badass in the apocalypse. Yeah. Uh So plug me into the world of Fallout, New Vegas specifically. And but I need to be a badass. I need okay, to be wait. like I change mine. I'm gonna be in that no, same you're, world you're and done, kill ben. her. You're done, Ben. <laughs> Bring it, bitch. Sydney. Okay, so Sydney, if you're going to be in the world of Fallout though, what class are you going to be? Are you gonna be a sneaky? She's are you be going ghoul. to be a sniper? Are you going to That's be That's race? Well, I say you're gonna be a ghoul. That's race. You're a ghoul. You can't choose ghoul. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately you can't. I would play as a ghoul. Um, that would be pretty cool. It well, it would be kind of like, I think that. it would be really interesting because uh, if they added race into Fallout, because it could be like Skyrim, where if you play as a Khajiit, then you, yeah. you get treated differently, or, yeah. or if yeah, you're like yeah. one of the lizard people. But you can also breathe underwater and all that. True, yeah, they're, and like night vision for Argonians. Khajiit. Argonians. I always play as Khajiit, but everyone knows I love cats, so of course that was <laughs> of course. But I think it'd be awesome if Fallout, if Bethesda added like, races into fallout so you could be ghoul you could be super mutant even well okay i mean you can cross genres here like um no back to back to what you were saying um i would let's see my uh no i would want to be like uh i would want a high charisma speech but also yeah uh high strength for the intimidation factor Mm. so i could use uh like i think my favorite because it's it's also a really funny perk to have, but if you have like a high enough strength mixed with a speech skill, I think in uh, in New Vegas, there's a perk called terrifying presence, <laughs> and it will it will make all of your like you can just say that some of like it, your character will say some of the absolute worst most terrifying <laughs> shit, and your opponents will literally cower and run away from. That's you. awesome. So you want to be you want to be like this. Hulking, terrifying presence. Not hulking, but not hulking. Like I would want to be sexy, (laughs) sexy and intimidating. Hell yeah! Okay, hell yeah! Just make people back away with sheer just intelligence and words, but also have the strength to back it up if I need to. Cool. You know, Torrance, what do you want? Okay, have either of you guys seen Last Man on Earth? I think it's on NBC. We've talked about before, but I haven't seen it. Will Forte. No, it's basically like. Every, everyone is dead, yeah, except for one or two people or a couple people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the just the idea. Well, okay, it's going to be terrible. I I realize that like no social interaction is going to be awful. It's going to mm-hmm. really probably fuck me up. But the idea of like 
Because my dream as a kid to just like go into any house that I wanted, like you, you know, you see it, you're driving home, you're driving home from school, you see a house on the street and you're like, oh, that's a cool house. I wonder what it looks like inside. Just mm-hmm. to be able to walk inside any house, mm-hmm. that'd be amazing. <laughs> I That's why I want, I'm going to say the last man on earth, earth scenario. That sounds so lonely. Well, uh, you get Kristen Shaw shows up at some point. Okay, and uh, and she's really cute, so that's fine. So you you get somebody, yeah. But uh, and you can do whatever you want, like just yeah, canned foods. You know, uh, I'll take that back. You know what I would really like if you know, like if aliens came down and enslaved us all as <laughs> pants. Pets. Okay. Like, that'd be really cool. Cat world. <laughs> Death by pudding. <laughs> I think of everyone that we've talked to, I th- I think that I won on that I think one. you may have as well, but I still... <laughs> Death by pudding. Death by pudding. So In your scenario, you die. In but mine, by pudding. In mine, you get to live happily and be taken care of. I don't know why you think that I yours is better. I get fat and die and then wake up in a new simulated you're like, reality. You're like Carl in that episode of The Walking Dead. Exactly. You mean that episode where Carl eats a bunch of pudding Head and he cannon. dies? Headcanon, he actually did die. Um, no. Um, so He just stuffs a bunch of pudding packs in his eye socket. It sounds delicious. Continue. My hypothetical that I had. Very simple question. Do you take the blue pill or the red pill? Oh, which okay, explain, explain which is which. You take Do the you blue pill. You want to be a men's rights activist. Hey. <laughs> you take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. Mm-hmm. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. So to explain exactly what Sydney is asking. So in The Matrix, they pose the question, the red and the blue pill, exactly how Sydney quoted. And basically, would you rather stay in the simulation and be ignorant? Like, ignorance is bliss. Live in the simulation, be able to enjoy the taste of steak. Like, what's the guy in The Matrix? You know, I'm talking Cipher. About? Cipher. Or would you rather know the truth, be aware of the truth, and live in probably a harsher reality where things are much different? I, if the question is like, my reality right now, like if somebody walked up to me right now, yeah, and like as I'm recording this podcast and said, "Hey, you're in a simulation." I think I wait. Which which one is it, Sydney? Which is the right one? Which is the one? The that, red pill pulls you out of it. I think I might take the red pill. For, so you want to know the truth? Yeah. Well, I mean that that is a really. That's a really good question, Sydney. Like, what would you actually like? Because Cipher, like, mm-hmm. he knows both sides of the of the mm-hmm. equation. He just wants to be plugged back in so he can experience. But it. Neo didn't. Neo mm-hmm. had that like thing with Morpheus mm-hmm. or whatever, and where he is like, take the one or whatever, which is such mm-hmm. bullshit. Like, why does he need to take a pill? Like, they they have the code or whatever like mm-hmm. symbolic yeah it's symbolic it's, it's he has symbolic. to make a choice yeah. physically yeah. yeah you're right um but if this is your reality i maybe it would be different person to person like how comfortable they were with their mm-hmm. own reality sure. with their own life but the question is what you would do well the question for me yeah i would take it you would so you would want to know the truth or you wanted to stay in? I would just want to get out of this. Yeah. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I okay. feel like I fucked up. So you would want to be out of the simulation? Yeah. Okay. I, I would rather just like, I, I would rather just see what else so is out there. by doing that, you realize you have to basically come to terms with everything you've experienced in life so far as a sham. Yeah. Okay. Which actually, the idea that everything I've done so far means nothing mm-hmm. is a huge comfort for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I would totally take that pill. Maybe I woke up in hell. Great. So but you know the truth. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Sydney. Um uh 
I think I would take the red pill also, especially if I found out that everything I had ever known was fake. Like that uh-huh. would be jarring and I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to stay in that living a lie. Um, mm-hmm. Even if I woke up in my bed, not knowing um, which I, I'm not sure if that's what that was implying. If that's what mm-hmm. uh, uh, Morpheus was implying, like, Oh, you wake mm-hmm. up in your bed and would Neo forget about this whole experience and mm-hmm. just continue living ignorantly, or would mm-hmm. he? Would they leave him with this knowledge? Would sure. that make a difference for you? Absolutely. Like, if I if I knew that I, that I was living in a simulation, sure. although, okay, so on on that side of it, I would definitely take the red pill, and I would want to, and that also kind of feeds into my wanting to be this post apocalyptic badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which I would never be, but Wait. you know mm-hmm. that's the that's the uh, fantasy is like. Uh, mm-hmm. So if I could do that, um, I think I would. But also on the flip side of that, it's kind of attractive. Like say mm-hmm. if I did continue living in this simulation, knowing that nothing mattered, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe oh. I could. Oh. I would maybe probably start to just do whatever the fuck I wanted to do. That's true. You you brought up something I never. But I don't think I of. would. But I don't think I would do that. I think I would yeah. want to get to the real world and yeah. come to terms with uh, come to terms with what had happened to me. So I guess okay. there there is a sort of thing what you said, which I never even thought of. Like, so what if you like you chose the blue pill or whatever, but you came out of that realizing that the whole thing is a simulation and mm-hmm. nothing mattered, like you just said. But would yeah. nothing matter? Though is my question. No, I. I feel like it would. Like because if you, if you learned that this all meant nothing, I don't think then... it would matter. I mean, unless because, like like we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, like if we found out today that the simulation was, it, would it really change how you react to people? Because if you'd first Cause, have to, because understand... I guess the people would still be real with their right. own real feelings, wouldn't exactly. they? Exactly. Yeah. So okay, that changes things because I guess you wouldn't be the only real person. Well, you'd have to make an assumption one way or the other. I um... guess. So maybe people aren't. Maybe there are NPCs, I guess, in Maybe. video game terms. <laughs> I th- I think I would have I would probably ask Morpheus that question. Uh-huh. You know, are my other friends real and also ignorant? Mm-hmm. Um, and can I pull them out of it also? Because mm-hmm. that would be a hard thing. Like, I would want to know real life. I would want to like mm-hmm. fight the good fight. Blah 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 yeah. blah blah. But I would also want to save my friends and family and the people mm-hmm. that I love and care about. And I right. wouldn't want to leave them behind in this blissful ignorance yeah. unless they chose that. Mm-hmm. But I would want to give them the option also. Yeah. And like I would, yeah, I would ask if I could, if I could be the uh, recruiter or something. Sure. So I think to answer your question, I would also want to, cause I think by nature, humans are curious creatures and we would want to know, like maybe we'd be hopeful that the What's life on the other side right. of the yeah. is better. Like the grass is always greener. Like yeah. Yeah. is the life that's out there for me that I haven't experienced better than the one I have now. And so I think that is enticing enough to make me want to know, well, I, if there is a reality that's realer than the one I've always known, yeah. I would want to know what that was. That's, yeah. that's so hard. Yeah, you're yeah. right. And so I think my first thought would be like Sydney said, um, are the loved ones I know real or were they just a cognitive crutch to my experience so far? Um, yeah. Or, you know, a, a lot of those questions would arise. And so I would probably have to filter through those before I came to the final decision. But I think my final decision would be, I would want to know the truth. Like is the, if the world out there for one is better than what I am, what I am living now, or if it's more fulfilling or is there a truth that would change the entirety of my conception of reality as a whole like is that experience greater than the one i'm living now you know yeah so i think you'd have i think most people's answer would be i would want to know the truth just out of sheer curiosity Mm -hmm. yeah because even if you take yeah even if you take the blue pill you will know that they're that what you're living right now is a simulation however you'll always be wondering what what could have been what what is real what is not real and what yeah, what the future could have held for you if you would have just taken that red pill. So. Oh, man. That was a really good question, Sydney. Yeah. 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 <sighs> yeah. I, I, I already said my answer, but I'm still, like, flipping in my mind. That's, yeah, that's, because that's a... I think it's... We, I think it's natural to go back and forth between those because part yeah. of you wants to uh, not have wasted your time, and the other part of you wants right. to know that there's more out there. Yeah. So Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like... Cause, Neo in that situation, he doesn't know what's on the other side, and mm-hmm. it turns out it's pretty shitty. What's on the other side is pretty mm-hmm. shitty. Like, do you want to do, like? You don't know what's on the other side. Maybe it's mm-hmm. really cool. Maybe it's like maybe it's heaven, mm-hmm. 
or maybe it's like Zion and yep. and the Matrix, and it's mm-hmm. really shitty, and you're underground, and there's no daylight ever. And well, you do you're get to war. have orgies, so that's, that's all right. True. But <laughs> you know, you know what you're going to get with one decision, right? But you don't know where you're going. Mm-hmm. If one, if you're, if the baseline decision is pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. How terrible does it have to be for you to mm-hmm. gamble on the right. other one? And also, the other question would be: if you take the red pill, what just makes what makes you believe that you're not being pulled out of one fake reality into yeah. another fake reality? Yeah. How do you know past that? Oh, that's beyond so that, true. If mm-hmm. you've already if you've already like found out that what you've always known was uh, mm-hmm. was a, a simulation, mm-hmm. then how do you know that it, it goes back into that nested simulation yeah. theory? Mm-hmm. I like, think that would mess with you. There's no way to know yeah. that these beings that pulled you out of this simulation aren't simulations themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where does the buck stop? Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, man, this has been probably the most intense episode we've recorded so far. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us laughed once. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's just, there's so much to mull over. Like, this is like... An, this is very relevant today with the creation of virtual reality and mm-hmm. augmented reality. So it's much more ever present in our minds. Yeah. So like it's this existential crisis that we're all kind of experiencing. Like, yeah. is this real that yeah. we're experiencing or not? So, I mean, I think that's probably part of the reason this is so serious, but so I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of pseudophiles. If you could please rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your podcast app is that you prefer. And also please email us with any questions or revisions you would like to make at podcast at pseudophiles.com. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. Later.